Is there anything worse than a dull blade? Well, yeah, lots of things, I guess. Poverty, war, your spouse's cold feet. I mean, why do they have to be so cold? Oh, baby, that's what I like. Man, seriously though, a dull blade is bad. It's unusable. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can all be better versions of ourselves. Better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. Goals are good. I have nothing against goals. My dad gives all of his kids, grandkids, and in-laws 100 bucks every time the new year rolls around for making a set of long-term and short-term goals. You might remember we talked about this very thing one year ago. But lately I've started to think there's something that needs to happen first, before we start jotting down all of our dreams and making what often turns out to be a half-hearted commitment. We need to make sure our goals are consistent with our values. And identifying what we truly value in life can be a little trickier because the devil likes to fool us into thinking we can serve two masters. Join us this week on A Time to Sharpen as we rise up to take the 30,000-foot view of things before diving headlong into what could be just meaningless action. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. I'm Axel Limata. I'm here with Brandon Maxwell. Happy New Year, Brandon. Same to you. Good to be back in the studio. Back in the saddle. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything notable happen over your vacay? Yeah, there was actually a lot. And I just was uh, kind of replaying it all in my head. I had a couple of weeks off, had some time to burn, which was good. And you have all these high hopes of getting all these projects done at home, man. And it just seemed like one by one, one family member was sick. And then it went to the next one, went to the next one. And seemed like that was the story for a lot of folks. <laughs> yeah. The holidays was just, somebody was sick. And then, of course, we have a, a brood at home. And so it just goes from one to the other. Will and I were the only ones that were lucky to, to stave that off. But yeah. uh, Ooh, stave. Good word. It was, it was rough for a week there. I mean, when mom goes down, you're in for uh, some rocky roads, man. Yeah. You got to pick up some extra duties. And all the projects you had... Uh, planned on doing Mm -hmm. um, they don't get done no well maybe you got all the sickness out of the way maybe your body is your bodies have acquired the necessary antibodies and um, you're you're more resistant to whatever comes your way this year yeah hopefully that's that's true and and sometimes sickness is just your body's way of saying you need you need to slow down and so yeah i I know i get that way sometimes over a break i have all these plans of what i'm going to get done and really what I need to do is nothing. You know, my, my wife has a thing. She learned this from um, from uh, Ken um, Tomley. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he told me once, then, and I passed it along to her, or maybe shared it with her, the, the goal of a vacation is to get bored. <laughs> He's like, I go on vacation yeah. until I'm bored. And then I know that the point of the vacation has been accomplished. The, the point of the vacation was not to have fun and to do all these things. The point was to let my body get to the point where I could physically become bored and then i know i'm I'm physically and mentally and emotionally ready to go huh. back yeah i like that yeah that's uh that's a good word 
We don't do that very well. No. Uh, I do the opposite. Culture. It's like my vacations are like trying to avoid boredom. Well, yeah. Know? And then it's, you feel like you got to, for a lot of us, we just like to go and do things. And you feel like, man, I got, I got a week. I got to get it all in. And it ends up being counterproductive a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I will say, luckily, we, uh, on, uh, I won't won't say a bad note, but I mean, it it was, Laura's grandma passed away, which was obviously bad. She was 92, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, everybody felt better. We were blessed to to feel good. When when that happened, we were able to go to Baton Rouge and spend some time with family. And that's always a good thing uh, around either weddings or funerals, uh, even though unfortunate events, it was good to see some family we hadn't seen in a while. And Mm -hmm. Uh, there was some relaxation there, just getting to catch up with some family that hadn't spent time with. So, yeah. so that was good. Well, and death um, and sickness—not not to make light of it—but they they're both things that that help us to to reset, you know, yeah. to to reexamine our priorities and to to think: Am I using my my time uh, wisely? Am I using my life uh, properly? Am I prioritizing? And um, that actually leads into kind of what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, in conjunction with the new year and having an opportunity to step back and get a little perspective and um, ask ourselves, are we using our, I had someone say once, uh, using our dash properly. You know, like when someone's born born in 1910 and they died in 1980, their life is represented by the dash. Living the dash. So are are you using your dash? Are you you making uh, full use of it? So at the beginning of the year, we we make these goals and we think about all these things that we're going to get done, you know, and all these ways that we're going to be different. Yeah. Uh, To use a cliche that I didn't know was a cliche. But I'm going to use it anyways because <laughs> it's new to me. Yeah, uh, which is uh, New Year, New You. I don't, I, I don't, I've go. never really. I, I'm sure I've heard it, but I haven't thought about it. Yeah. No, but when you hear a cliche for the first time, it sounds cool. Like Michigan just won the national championship. Oh, should I say go blue or something yes, like that? That's the is that what I'm supposed to say? That's the appropriate oh, response. Okay. Go blue. <laughs> and pretty exciting because I'm from Michigan, and I was eating up all the post-game celebrations and all the oh, interviews yeah. and usually I can't stand them because they're right. filled with these dumb cliches and it's someone else's team right and, but this time I'm like yeah he's speaking truth you know <laughs> preach <laughs> man these, these great phrases yeah. and quotes I was just soaking it all in what's the what's the question the Harbaugh or the one that Harbaugh had oh who's the got... who's the luckiest man in the world or who's the luckiest family in the world that you know? okay that was we are I am yeah he invited his dad onto That's, the podium. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It wasn't that one, yeah. though. It was something... I didn't watch the whole thing, but um, I don't know. There was a couple... He said he had a question to ask the audience. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. It might have been. Okay. Yeah. Who's, who's the luckiest family? Yeah. Who's the luckiest family? I, I, he might have said, who's the luckiest team or who's, you know... Is that something that just was from this year or no, is that's, that something... No, that's what his dad would tell him growing up. That, oh, okay. They grew up in a kind of... Low to middle income family. His dad was a coach and worked his way up through the, the high school and college gotcha. university system. Eventually became pretty successful. Won a national championship on uh, Division Two or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that that's what he would ask the the two boys. One brother is a coach for an NFL team. The other coaches, you know, college team. And now they're all national champions. He said that he could he could oh, sit yeah. at the big boy table or the adult table at so, Thanksgiving. Now. 
this kind of shows my knowledge of the NFL world, but the mm-hmm. the Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, he's in the NFL. John right? Harbaugh. John Harbaugh? Yeah. Which one played for the, Bear, the Bears? Jim. Okay, that's Jim. Yeah. That was on, on the 19, no, that was McMahon who was on the 80 team. I was thinking the, when, because it was he, it was Harbaugh he right after the Bears. Mc, McMahon? It was after McMahon, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Easy to confuse the two. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I'm saying it, I'm asking myself, do I have it right? But I think I do. Yeah. So, um, so um, yeah, the, the cliche, which is where we started with that, of the new year, the new you, is uh, it applies. It's, it's important to think about how we're going to be different, how we're going to do things better, how we're going to be uh, more efficient or, or whatever. But where I want to kind of, kind of camp out, you know me, I try to find that, that gray area, that ambiguity, and, and find the, the place where we can have a good discussion about something is how do I appreciate what I have and keep my appropriate level of self-esteem that I've, I've accomplished all these things in my life. I have all these good things that I've worked to, to put in place and I need to take advantage of those, but I also need to be thinking about sharpening, which is an important concept here at the ranch and, and getting better and being a more effective tool and instrument for God. Um, how do I do that and still, um, you know, um, be not be not be satisfied? You yeah. Know, not be too satisfied with um, with the status quo. And this is something we really have to work on with our boys because they they object to this idea that we're gonna we're gonna change you. You're gonna come into this ranch and we're gonna turn you into this different person. Yeah. They think you it's know. Insulting. They're gonna be wearing like chaps and cowboy boots and a, a cowboy hat, and they're gonna be having to go to the rodeo like every weekend and you know whatever premonition they have of mm-hmm. when they see the website or something like that and yes they do wear boots and some appropriate clothing um and you know we we give them some of those uh clothing items here but it's mainly to put everybody on the same playing field it's mm-hmm. not to change innately like we're not trying to change you into you know some cowboy or whatever yeah. um so so that's definitely a a good point to to ponder there and and i also want to speak to some of those who are you know as we're talking about goals some people think that's a four-letter word you know i hate goals because it's just the pressure of goals um so if that's you out there that i i get that part of it as well sometimes i I get annoyed by some of the everybody's always pushing like just the conventional wisdom of like, you know, the, the, the habits and, you know, you can, you know, it's just all about do, 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 go, 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 set these goals, produce, produce, produce. It's a, it's a you marketing know, just the whole, yeah. yeah. I feel like you're being manipulated by and it's, stuff. And, and so there's, there's this push pull, it's counterintuitive really to what some of what we're talking about was with like going back to the reset not the great reset, but just, no. but just the reset is uh, usually slowing down, you know. And so, the first part of the year is always a good time, uh, obviously, to do that. So, if you're struggling with the word goal, we just encourage you to think about maybe reset. It's just always good to reset our priorities think about maybe what is out of whack or if you're struggling with your son or daughter at home in a particular area like it's good to think about and reflect on the year 
for the last few months and hey we got a clean slate let's we have an, an obvious clean slate with the new year. Let's take advantage of that. Yeah. Let's try to take stock of things that are working, things that aren't working, and how we personally can uh, can challenge ourselves to be better and uh, and to think about some things that may be off and some priorities that may be out. Yeah, of I think a couple other metaphors that would get across the same idea is like you hear people talk about like the thirty thousand foot view. Yeah, is that, is that right? Is it twenty five thousand or whatever the cruising yeah. altitude? Either one, is. you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to see things from that perspective to know what what's important and what's valuable and how you're going to allocate your resources and things like that. So I, I like that idea along with the idea of a reset. Like, let's not make a bunch of stuff for us to do and make our lives even more hectic. We talked about that in our last po- last podcast yeah. about how Christmas season is just yeah. crazy and it's supposed to be a season of peace and it's anything but. We've kind of done the same thing with New Year's. Like instead of a time for us to take a breath and to think about what we're doing before we plunge in, we just like plunge in and everyone works real hard at the gym for two weeks. Yeah. And then they quit, right? They never took the time to really examine, is this, is this what I want to do and how I want to do it? I think another metaphor that's, that works for us here now, because we have this expansion going on, the 30 by 30, is you constantly have to be checking to make sure that everything's plumb and... 90 degrees and things shift and things move and right. things get installed improperly or maybe you didn't read the schematics right or whatever you like every day multiple times a day you're you're rechecking that stuff and and resetting your your perspective yeah there's i think one of the you've been doing a lot of rearranging and uh moving pictures around taking old pictures down and uh, you've kind of reset some of the stuff in the physical space here at the ranch, which I've appreciated, and just cleaning it up, making things uh, prettier, better, more enticing, feng shui. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I'm thinking about as we're talking, um, with just kind of our mindset and resetting that I hadn't read in a while, I'd seen it probably from you years ago, but it was that uh, poem about the two wolves that you mm. put in the... Uh, the dining room up there and it was I, I really enjoyed that uh, reading that again it's basically like this uh, Indian chief uh, talks talking to his grandkids about these two wolves you know there's two wolves that are battling inside of you you know we all have two wolves one wolf is you know envy lust and jealousy anger bitterness sorrow there's all these bad things and there's the other wolf which is joy peace patience kindness goodness generosity you know mm-hmm. just contentment all these good things and then the grandson says well well grandpa which one eventually wins and he says well son it's the one that you feed the most is the one that wins and so that one, uh, that just is such a powerful little story and illustration as yeah. it talks about really what we're talking about here with a, a reset in our minds, because that's really what what it comes down to is like there's a battle that is going on. You know, Satan likes to start that battle in our mind. Mm-hmm. He likes to create and sow chaos by, like you already mentioned it, it's like, I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I'm always trying to tweak things, you know, it's, it's okay to tweak things and, and, and be better and, and want to always strive to be better. Um, 
But when it crosses the the chasm of like, this is my identity, like this is, I'm not good enough because I don't do X, Y, and Z, or I haven't reached this level, that's where we start getting into trouble. And I think where Satan really tries to, it starts seeping into our hearts, you know, and when that, those lies kind of transition into our heart, um, it changes really. We start believing some of those, you know, the bad wolf. And if we feed that enough, those those bad elements of, of that bad wolf, as referencing the poem, that becomes more of who we are. And so that's, we really, our identity, and as we're talking about how we work with our boys and what we're trying to model for our boys and encourage our boys, it's like, man, there's maybe, there's been some bad stuff that's happened, yeah. but this isn't who you are. Like God has redeemed you through all this and your identity is not wrapped up in maybe all of these negative things you've done. Yeah. And so. we've, we've mentioned this in the past, but the difference between shame and guilt, right? The guilt yeah. is, uh, I feel bad about what I've, what I've done. And the shame is I feel, I feel bad about who I am. And so I think we're kind of talking about the same thing from like the other perspective, like the positive part, like what, what can I attach? What meaning do I attach to the good things in my life? And, and who gets the credit for that? Obviously, the, the right thing to do is to be thankful and grateful to, to God and His generosity and His grace has provided us with these things. The, the sinful side of us wants to claim credit. And, and when we do that, we go down that path of dissatisfaction and discontentment and, and envy and, and anger and, and yeah. uh, you know, frustration. <clears throat> so what would you say are maybe some of our tactics that we use here with program-wise to... Mm-hmm. Um, to help pull that off with the boys as they come in here and really uh, start to to carve and, and sharpen and shave some of the some of those negative behaviors, yeah, um, and start turning the corner into like God made you who you are. Yeah, I, I think it it starts as with everything we do here at the ranch with that relationship with with the the boy. Mm. Like he, he's not going to care what you what what you know until he knows how much you care right to use another cliche which i think we've used before yeah but it it bears repeating and um i've heard it said somewhere too that there's for every negative comment you make to balance it off in terms of the the damage you do to the relationship or the deposit yeah uh, sorry the withdrawal that you make from the love bank has to be has to be balanced by I've heard different things, seven positive comments or three or four or five, whatever the number is. Yeah. But it's it's a multiple, obviously, of, of the number of negative comments you make. So you have to be constantly th- kind of assessing that. And mm-hmm. it's not like you have to keep a journal as I'm wearing, like, oh, I did seven right. negative things. Now I have to do 21 positive things. But you can like feel it. times seven. Yeah, you can feel it when that, when that balance gets out. I can feel it with my son. Yeah. Caleb, when I get to where I'm just being like critical, yeah, and I'm just harping on it, and I need to, I need to take a step back, and check myself, and think, okay, let's let's make a conscious effort to to recognize the good things that he's doing, so that when I have to come in and do some of that sharpening, mm-hmm. not with the bench grinder like we've talked about, but with a fine instrument, um, he's gonna be he's gonna be recept- receptive to that. Yeah, the relationship part of it is is really the key element because when we're talking about just that, that 
there's security there that our that our kids feel. And when we're talking about identity, like the more time we spend and get to know somebody, the the genuine relationship happens. Well, then whether it's our son or a boy at the ranch, they start understanding that it's like, oh, they're actually hanging out with me because they genuinely care about me. They genuinely like me. And then there's security in in that relationship. And when there's security and, and the trust that starts getting built, well, then they naturally feel better about who they are, their self-esteem. It's like they don't have to perform. I mean, how many guys yeah. do we have come in here and they have an audience of seven or eight other guys and you get those kids one-on-one and they're completely a different mm-hmm. boy because the audience isn't there. But yeah. it's like, and part of that's just teenage boys and trying to posture and you know prove yourself but a lot of that is just kind of innately we have this desire to measure up and and Mm -hmm. we don't again we're listening to these lies that we don't have what it takes i'm a fraud and somebody's gonna find me out right and so i got to do what it takes to boost myself up and lie or whatever else i have to do in order to to make myself look good right and yeah, I was I was thinking about this. I was actually writing about it some, because I'm working on a second book. We read, I think, a chapter. Oh yeah, earlier about the the nail, right? That came through the the table. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what moron did that? Yeah. Well, this this comes back to that point of like, <laughs> let's we can we can be obsessed with the things we do wrong and just. Every time we see the table, we think about the screw poking the table. Or we can think, wow, that table's held up for so long. I did a great job with that instead of the one mistake we made. Yeah. But I was I was writing a chapter about how I motivate the boys and carrots and sticks and the things we do in the merit store and the, the trading cards and the sports cards and the records and the, all that stuff. Uh, by the way, is yours Maxwell Mansion? Is that what it's called when guys come over your house? Uh, I think they uh, might be Manor. That's Maxwell. right. I think it is Maxwell Manor. That's it's right. Mansion, unless yeah. it's just like opposite day. <laughs> might be a little bit of a mansion. <laughs> it's pretty Manor's tight in there as more it is. The, more the the right connotation. You get three boys. And it mine's there. mine's Lima to Lodge. Yeah. Uh, Casa de Newell for Gabe. Right. But that's that's the biggest thing that that goes in the merit store. And I started to kind of reflect on that. You know, why is it that 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 motivates guys so much? Why are they willing to spend so many of their merits? to come over, you know, an adult's house. Like, yeah. they would never do that, like, in the, the quote-unquote real world. Right. But here, and obviously some of it is just getting away from the ranch and getting to just uh, maybe watch a TV show or this have, is a, the have real a Coke world, or something like that. Yeah. To quote Mike Heston. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think it boils down to two things, uh, thinking about this relationship and, and how we get guys to listen to what it is that we have to say. Um you invest in that relationship, and I think the guys they want two things: is they want our um, they want our attention, and I think they want our respect. I, I got to thinking about how those those two things kind of sum up a lot of what what they need our our teenagers, our young people. Yeah. Um, so you, they, you can they can get your attention pretty easily, and not get your respect. Right. And you can sometimes they can know that you respect them. But you don't give them really any attention, which communicates that you don't really respect on some level. But I think it's that nice, that fine combination mm. of attention and respect that, that they want. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I Actually thinking about 
just the uh, social media mm-hmm. aspect of just our kids and our just the practicality. Of, you know, we always say you know, social media don't is is not great. But thinking about why do our kids? Why are they so attracted to it? Why are people in general so attracted to it? It's um, you know, there's relationship. There's a there's a desire for relationship and a desire to to look good and to measure up and uh and be respected by people you know you think about everybody like these pinterest homes and these you know vacations and people feel like they're going to be respected more if they can post these beautiful pictures on the beach with their family and it's just like oh well they must be successful Mm -hmm. or they have a beautiful home she's got it all put together and then you get all these uh, you know, likes and you get these comments. Oh, you look beautiful today. Oh, your house is, you know, unbelievable. So it's obvious. And so thinking about our teenagers and, and, sh- and if you're struggling with your teenager with phone use or social media and things like that, one, understand that that's where that really is coming from is it's a desire unmet, to connect. It's an need. unmet need. Mm-hmm. And so you may check yourself to like, where's your relationship with your daughter? It's not like your teenage daughter is just automatically going to want, I mean, there's an an obvious cleave there or or break and needing to have some autonomy. That's, that's obvious, but there are the first love really of your daughter should be the relationship, you know, with, with her dad or that connection. If that connection Mm -hmm. is good and solid and, uh, and healthy, a lot of the kind of negative stuff on social media, I think, will be quelled. Um, there just won't be as much of a need, I guess, is what I'm saying, to to measure up and get that um, approval. Yeah. So just something to think about, just something else to keep in check and assess as we're talking about a reset. Like that's that's one, just the social media element of, I think that's, we can all reset our game there. Yeah. And just like, unplug a lot more and we're we're doing a lot of that here i think at the ranch um with not just the new years but new year but like a new a new building you know in a lot of ways it's our opportunity to to create a new and, and different kind of program um because we've talked about the new foundations house being a place where the new boys go the boys who are just brand new they might be there for a month or two or three it might be a situation where we identify that this is not the right place for that particular boy and he doesn't ever move to the, the next level. Um, but it kind of compartmentalizes and, you know, uh, avoids the, um, the chaos that a, a new boy that is just not going to get what the program can do to the program. He can just really waylay the progress of, of guys who have been further along in the program. Yeah. So we're thinking about that and we're thinking about how this building is going to be, you know, a couple you know, football fields away from where we are now. And yeah. we're going to have two sets of staff and how are we going to be a team? And, and we don't, we don't even know what we don't know at this point. So we have to really sit down and, and get that, that 30,000 foot view of what our program is. Let's try to get a handle on that. Yeah. Always, uh, always changing around here. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, uh, it's a good element of yeah. the job. It always keeps things, uh, fresh and, but at the same time, like recognizing, yeah. that's one reason why I've been wanting to, to change the pictures and to, yeah. to redirect. So it's like remind ourselves, wow, this, this boy went through the program and he was successful. And here's a, 
a card that he sent us and here's a picture of his graduation. Yeah. And we've done a good job of like like communicating internally about that to some mm-hmm. extent, but you know, we all we're all going in a hundred different directions and I might get a text from someone and and not pass it on to you and Right. And so let's let's have a place on the refrigerator where we can put a, a magnet on that and it can stand there as a testament to the good work that's being done through us here instead of just you know, next boy, next problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to, and with new staff, I mean, Dylan, yeah. uh, so thankful to have Dylan Tucker here now and his wife, Crystal, taking over the uh, the house manager position. Uh, we got some uh, great new staff and mm-hmm. uh, that's a great point is just like God is doing a lot of good things on this campus and it's proven by... Those things you just mentioned, and we need to to remember that, and we mm-hmm. need to keep those things out in front of us. It's way too easy, just like it's way too easy to point out the negative in our our own kids. It's way too easy to get wrapped up in our own jobs and focus on all the stuff that's broken around here and all the stuff that the the boys do and say. And yeah. uh, you got to be able to um, to keep the perspective where it needs to be and. Uh, and be able to know that at the end of the day, I mean, just God is is bigger than that. And being able, well, the verse that we kind of thought about as we were discussing today was just uh, Romans twelve two. Do not mm-hmm. conform any longer to the pattern of this world, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so. It's way too easy to be uh, to conform to like all the things we mentioned. I mean, social media and did better, bigger, faster, more production. Conventional wisdom is just like you always got to be doing more, more, more. And yeah, uh, and then the second part that. of that verse is is appropriate too. It's like then then you will be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. Uh, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's that transformation that allows us to say this is good and this isn't good, Yeah. right? We got to have both of those things. You can't just go around with your head in the clouds thinking, this is great. I don't have any problems, head yeah. in the sand, like uh, annoying the, the leaking sink, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's not going to go away. The problem's just going to get worse and the floor is no. going to fall out, you know? Well, that I think you are one of the guys that uh, I think practices that. I'd like to get your take on. I don't know if I've ever actually asked you this question, but before you had a couple of your last kids, before they were mm. born, you took a weekend and uh, became a monk, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> you went up to this abbey mm-hmm. in uh, in Ava near, yeah. near Assumption. us, in, uh, Assumption Abbey. And they just have a little room, a couple rooms where you can just go and you know pay a little donation and just hang out on 3,000 acres and just... Be quiet. Be by yourself. Think. Uh, yeah. Relax. So maybe talk to us a little bit. How did? How was your mind renewed, or what was that process like for you? Yeah, when you did that. Well, I mean, the main the, one of the big things when you're there is just the the quiet, just the silence. Right. What 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 you're able to to see and to hear when when you remove all those distractions and at a place like. Assumption Abbey, if if you haven't been, you know, and you're from this area, you this you should definitely definitely go. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a beautiful drive, kind of windy. So if you're yeah. get car sick easily, you might want to uh, come in from the north instead of the south. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's just a wonderful place, and the, the monks out there are uh, Vietnamese, all of them. They they well, that's fairly them. new. I think they have a few older monks that are still hanging on. Right. Yeah. But the the as they kind of 
pass. They're replaced by monks from hard other to, countries, specifically Vietnam. Here, huh? yeah. So when you go out there, you get like authentic Vietnamese food. Oh man, hand, yeah. like home cooked meals. That's a part of what you pay a your extra donation. Benefit. Yeah, and just to be out in nature, but just to sit in the the sanctuary that they have there, and to go to the early morning prayers, or you can wake up in the middle of the night and go to the prayers and. And just sit in yeah, there I and that smell would be, the incense. Uh, and... A little eerie. The did you go to the night prayer at all in the middle of the night? Uh, just it, like with the chant. Not and, like the middle. I didn't do uh, like the two, like three the o'clock two three, one. Yeah. You know, I've I've done the midnight one and gotcha. yeah, but it's just so quiet. Like it's so quiet that it's deafening. Yeah, you know that that kind of silence. Yeah, to where it can make you uncomfortable with yourself if uh, if you're not in a good place. So, and it, it, you'll, you'll know it real quick if those voices inside of you are, have been, like, you've just been tamping them down yeah. like for, for weeks or months or years. You've just been doing things to avoid hearing those things. Like Aaron Rodgers does these darkness retreats. You heard him talking about doing those? Just No, I know yeah, like Aaron Rodgers stuff is just the <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, he'll, he, he kind of popularized this like a year ago. He just... Before the season started, during the off season, he went to like it's a literally a darkness retreat where you go into this cave basically. Okay. And it's totally dark and totally silent, and you just huh, you just sit. You just sit for a couple days. A couple days. Like that. Yeah. And Wait, I total darkness. Eat. I think it's total darkness and Don't like total start, silence. Your, your sight starts getting jacked. Yeah, up and like... you can go crazy. You do that for too long, like oh, literally. Yeah. But yeah. you know, in small doses, it's probably pretty. Pretty healthy, it's or kind of like an ice bath. Yeah, small dose. Yeah, Good. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love that, and and I, you know, honest to be honest, you know, full disclosure, I do bring some stuff with me to work on while I'm out there. I don't just totally do nothing. Usually, I'm trying to write, or I'm trying to yeah. revise, or. Maybe work on some poetry or read a book or, or things like that. But I, I try to devote a good amount of time to just being silent and still and, and listening. Does it what's the does it take a little bit of time to really it just kind of feel awkward and you're just out there and you're just like did you find yourself mm-hmm. I mean you said you take some stuff with you, but at the same time it's like such a different schedule that you're used to. Just like, okay, I got two days to I mean to just be yeah. silent, be still, or work on what I want. Does it? Did it take a little bit to get into the groove of just feeling like you can relax and and kind of do the purpose and reset and, and yeah. reset? Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. I mean, probably the first time you do it, it can be awkward and weird, and you're way out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and uh, it can be uncomfortable. Um, Christine, she it's not kind of her thing. She doesn't like to be out there. I I think I can think maybe if. You know, certain people may not like being out there all by themselves, alone. Right. I mean, it's secure, it's safe and everything, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not for everyone, I guess yeah. I should say. But I, you know, I I love it. And uh, I just was thinking about today with goals and writing stuff down. That was one of the things I wrote yeah. down is schedule some time to go out there and, and have a little retreat. Um, but yeah, great place. Did I answer your question? Yeah, I yeah. just wanted to kind of, I don't know that I've ever asked you that yeah. as far as just how you structured that time. And I knew the purpose was obviously to just to kind of be ready, yeah, 
kind of settle your mind and knowing that a lot of, you know, late nights are coming and uh-huh. wanting to be uh, just mentally prepared. So And, and uh, you do you do meet people out there, like when yeah. you share meals. It's a shared meal kind of com- communal kind of style right. situation. Um, sometimes there are volunteers who work out there that you get to know. So I've gotten to be good friends with some of the people that work out there. Yeah. Um, and meet some really interesting people. Last year when I went out there, I met a couple from India. And they had come here to visit their uh, their children who were going to school here in the States. Yeah. And they had taken, I don't know, like three or four months off huh. to come and just... Basically, they stayed at the Abbey. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. They weren't like running around trying to see the Statue of Liberty and Grand Canyon. Yeah. I mean, they came for a spiritual retreat. These were like really spiritual yeah. people. They were Christians who had converted from, from Hinduism and uh, were like just sold out like they were converted a literally a benny hen uh wow. like worship yeah thing one of and experienced like miraculous like healings and everything yeah. it was it was incredible i brought christine out there and we met them and and everything so yeah i mean god god moves in mysterious ways and and we need to be in positions where we can hear his voice and and listen and uh you know let him steer our ship instead yeah. of us setting our goals and our priorities and our top 10 lists and everything like that. Yeah, I think that's a good point is um, putting ourselves in a position to hear God. And a lot of times, probably most often when we actually are in a position to hear God best is when we're in an uncomfortable place, place mm-hmm. we're not used to. And so that, I mean, is right exactly where our boys are at. Yeah. That's a big part of the breakdown process of kind of starting to to getting down to the roots of some of the things with our boys. One is just displacement. It's like they're in a place they're uncomfortable with, they're unfamiliar with, they don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Everything's new. Um, they're away from their family. And so a lot of times just that alone resets their perspective is like, oh, this is what mom and dad were talking about. Yeah. They said, yeah. I didn't believe them, but here I am. I'm going to be here for seven or eight months. Yeah. And just that in itself is uh, is a good way for us to, to refocus our priorities. I remember having a discussion with, with Matt um, Foster um, when he was here. He was first, first or second year he was here. And I, I really was kind of on the fence about the boys that we serve. And I was like, Do, is their problem or is, is the, the root of their difficulty that they are too arrogant and too proudful and, and won't listen to what we're trying to tell them? Or is it insecurity? And I just feel so bad about myself that I can't, I can't handle any criticism and, and criticism comes off as rejection. And he didn't even think about it. He was like, it's, it's insecurity and inferiority and, and self-esteem and, yeah. and all this stuff. And I was like, Okay, noted. You know, but over the years, I've kind of, I've kind of realized, man, he was—he's dead on. You know, yeah. And that that arrogance and that pride is just a cover for all those like feelings of, of hurt yeah. and pain and right. and low self-esteem and, um. But it's so it's so tricky to because it looks like total arrogance. I won't listen to anything you have to tell me. I know what's right. You can't tell me anything I don't already know. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> and it's hard to see it sometimes. It's hard to look past that and to have the 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 grace and the understanding and the love and the compassion yeah. to be able to address the real problem instead of just attacking that 
that beast that's coming out in just the, the arrogance. As you were saying that in flashbacks, Will Klima, just looking up at the three of us, he's just like shaking his head. He's like, the, the Napoleon sigh. I just, I know so much more than you guys. Yeah. I'm sorry you don't see that, but I'm just, I'm wiser. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and yeah. he was so legit with that. He truly believed that. Just mm-hmm. that perspective being so off so yeah. it's just you just got to take it in stride with those guys yeah you gotta ship it away it. day at a time build that relationship be patient you know recognize the the progress that's being made different is good that's another mantra i have different is good and just uh you know the time time we if if we can keep them here for five six seven months you know, even if they don't graduate, right? Those those words of wisdom and that that sharpening is going to sink in, and and even if you don't see the results, then they're gonna they're gonna come about in, yeah. in time. Yeah. And to not let a podcast go without a, a movie reference, mm-hmm. we all we all need a little place in our mind like Aspen, Colorado, yeah. <laughs> don't we? We do. I mean, they had a reset. Had to get away. They got no food. They got no job. <laughs> Their pets' heads are falling off. Yep. They got to get out of there, man. They got to yep. get a fresh start. A right? fresh set of clothes. Where's a fresh set of clothes. We need to buy a set of those suits at some point. That's that's one of my bucket list items is to actually to buy a orange suit with a top hat. It's funny you say that because I was you know, one. We could wear that at the Valentine's event. <laughs> uh, two, a friend of mine or somebody that goes to the OCA, him and his uh, buddy, there was an event out at. Uh, the Morrisons, uh-huh. Pine Meadows of Dylan. <laughs> they it? they wore both did of they those. Did the cane thing? They had the cane the entrance all. and it, whacking them. In the I didn't see the entrance, but because yeah. uh, I, I was already, uh, we they were already in there when we got there. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> so, so well, he's probably maybe we can borrow their suits. Okay, good. So, well, I'll cross that one off the bucket list if we can make <laughs> that happen. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and we should probably mention we have a, an event coming up. Show your love for Whetstone. Um, February 10th. Yep. Pine so, Meadows. Pine Meadows. Same place as last year. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in attending, we've sent out some invitations. But we can't get every, get to everyone, but we've posted on social media. Yeah. Let us know. It's uh, $25 a plate. Yes. Is it right? Yep. Of course, that, that pretty much covers our cost, but it's a it's an awareness event, but it's also an opportunity to raise money for the ranch and for 30 by 30. Yeah. We've got cool stuff to auction off and raffle drawings and got some music some, some music mike charlton and josh tomley will be back out there doing some jazz yeah um good stuff yeah um, will jet is going to be doing the mm-hmm. auctioneering mc cowboy rick yeah so should be good yeah we be had fun. about 150 people came last year yeah. trying to bump that up just a little bit and really make this an annual event um yeah. good opportunity to have a nice dinner Valentine's Day kind of set the mood. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you guys Saturday haven't been out Valentine's. to Pine Meadows, I mean, the Morrisons have done a fabulous job with that yeah. venue, and it's a it's a great place. Yeah, so, great resource. Great resource. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. All right, Axel. Well, Brandon, it's been good talking to you. Likewise, um, we will do this again in two weeks. That sounds Look forward good. to it. All right, Wonder, I'm, I'm excited to. See find out what we're going to talk about then after we reset that's right (laughs) we'll get a progress report yeah all right talk to you next time see ya bye
Whetstone Boys Ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic Ozarks of Southern Missouri. It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16 year old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men. Please visit whetstoneboysranch.com if you want to learn more about our program or about how to contact us for help. Thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen.